Hey, this is Kaylee Humphreys, two-time Olympic champion in bobsleigh. Hey, this is Jonathan Simpkin. I am the president of 604 Records. Hey, I'm Sam Roberts. Hi, I am Julia Budd, Bellator 145-pound, three-time world champion. Hi, this is Thomas Zadora, and I'm a sex and relationship guru. Hey, what's up? This is John Humphrey, drummer for the rock band Caesar. Hey, I'm Kristen Renton. Hey, this is Troy Lacanna from Tesla. Hi, it's Captain Kirk McLean here, and you're listening to the Toddcast podcast. Every once in a while you see initiative and drive, determination within your circle and and that's a really good feeling, right? And it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe it's a band grinding away to get things done, making cool videos from their jam spaces. Maybe it's a budding chef posting their latest creations on Instagram, a small business making headway and a great promotion, a nice engagement with followers or or whatever it is. And one of those guys for me is a former Vancouver radio personality named Chris Calhoun. We did battle in the late 90s into the 2000s. Uh, Chris was at Z95 doing the afternoon show when I was doing the same thing for 99.3 The Fox. We weren't really going for the same listener, but I can guarantee you that, like me, he was going into the studio every day to bury me on a given day. And that's what it's all about competition adversity keeps you sharp it keeps you honest it's the grind and the push the determination and chris is now a working actor and voice actor in la it's a great story which i i think you'll love joining chris is a commentator for the vancouver warriors of the nll brad Schaliner is a guest this week as well You'll hear this week's musical guest in literally just a second. Coming up shortly in Listen to This, American boxer Marlon Esparza talks about the things that still stand out in her mind from her time at the Olympics. That is powered by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, RV Service and Repair, ICBC accredited. Check, check, check. Good things to check. Great people too. You can find more online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. First, our first guest of three, this week's musical guest, as mentioned, clutch singer Neil Fallon. That is brought to you by Pineapple Sound, a recording and mixing studio in Langley since 2013. They welcome podcasts, voiceover actors, and a lot more. Check them out through pineapplesound.com. A clutch has been around for 30 years. Hard to believe, but yeah, they started in 1991, although Neil wasn't the original singer in the band. It was a guy named Roger Smalls, but he wasn't around for more than a blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things. Neil has been with the band for the duration. 12 albums in, they're currently working on their 13th. Maybe you read that they're heading into the studio later on this year. Their drummer, John Paul, recently made mention of that in an interview. I think it was with um, Eddie Trunk. Anyway, Clutch's story is great. Friends from high school who have climbed to cult-like rock star status. They've been around for decades, tour monsters, riff masters, good dudes. Neil was an absolute beauty, exactly as I would hope that he would be. You know, what do they say? Don't meet your heroes? Well, that's not the case here. And you can hear and watch the full interview now. I think it's just over half hour long. At our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. Search it out through Toddcast Podcast. In the meantime, here's 10 minutes with Clutch Singer Neil Fallon. 
the Toddcast Podcast. I want to maybe go back to the beginning. I want to go back to like, you know, the the Fallon House, man, as a kid. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you listening to? What are your parents playing to kind of get you down this road? Uh, well, I think in a lot of ways, my earliest memories were one, inheriting my dad's 45 collection. Yeah. Which was a lot of, you know, novelty songs like, you know, Monster Mash and Purple People Eater and Splish Splash. And- the weirdest shit got played on the radio, right? Back in the day. Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty bizarre. And I've, as I've gotten older, I've, I hear people say, like, oh man, music's gotten real terrible. I wish it would go back to the way it used to. And yeah, what do you want to hear, Mr. Postman? Yeah, there's plenty of garbage from the 1950s and 60s that terrible shit. 45s. Yeah. So that was my very first memory. And then remember listening to a lot of Dylan, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Amy Lou Harris. Uh, if I, a woman with long, dark hair and acoustic guitar, my dad was a sucker for. Yeah. I ended up listening to a lot of that too. Uh, Beatles, of course, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, all the kind of classic folk rock crossover jams. Yeah, my, my mom likes to remind me that I used to throw the 45s at my older brother, yeah. <laughs> smashing the shit out of all these classics, you know. Um, did you get into like the the disco stuff too as a kid? Like were they playing like ABBA and like Donna oh, Summers oh. and all that kind of shit? Lots of ABBA, like mainstream disco. I don't think my parents ever set foot in a real disco. Yeah. But they listened to the stuff they heard on the radio, like ABBA. Um, and of course, there was like Saturday Night Fiedler. And yes, uh, I remember listening to the Star Wars soundtrack quite a bit. A lot of uh, musical soundtracks. Well, my little sister was into musicals. I always despised them. Yeah, same. I was never a fan. What are some of the bands that you've uh, seen over the years that you're just like, man, these guys are untouchable? I think it took me a long time to realize how fortunate myself and the band were growing up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., because I, my only, my, my very first introduction to local music was the Bad Brains and Fugazi. Right. And to me, that was like, okay, well, this is like, every town has got Bad Brains and Fugazi, right? And that's oh. not the case. And I saw Bad Brains kind of, I think it was at the very, it was right before they did Quickness um, at, at the old 930 Club. It was just a small cap room, it was I think 550 and that set the bar so high at the beginning, it's been hard to live up to that. Um, I'm trying to think of more. more uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like seeing a band like that caliber at a smaller room, right? Like something about big bands, small venues. Yeah, and they were they were so intense. The intensity was such that I, I think that's when I realized that there are moments when you see a band and there's a synchronicity between the band and the audience that almost creates a bit of a religious experience. You, totally. you, there's like the, a timelessness when you're in there, you think this is the only place you've ever been. And then you walk out and it's like, it was over in the blink of an eye. And it's it. It's a big, uh, it's a big come down, you know, afterwards, you know, you wake up and you, your ears are ringing and your neck hurts and you, you want, you want it again. And I think a lot of people that see live music is because of shows like that oh totally and do you think that we'll ever go back to the style that it was like when you and i were kid i would imagine you're probably a little bit older but probably not 
by much. Like, do you think it'll ever go back to that? Like looking at the album covers, you know, uh, something about, you know, waiting for Spin Magazine and Rolling Stone. And there was a bit of a, I don't know, it was a bit of an art to it. And it kind of just seems lost lately. It is it's a bit of an embarrassment of riches. It's like a, it, the internet in, in all its, you know, ugliness and, and wonder is great. I've discovered all sorts of music because of it, but I would not want to be a band trying to get my head above that water because there's just so much out there. Yeah. I, I do think, you know, rock and roll or heavy metal these days compared to stuff like dance music or hip hop, you know, they, it's tiny. Um, and that's okay. Well, it's because it's safe, safe for programmers in radio and satellites and, and all that shit. And it takes, it takes longer to do that. It's easy to turn out. I could probably, if you wanted in the next two hours, turn out a dance tune. Right. It's not that difficult. Um, but I think all these, you know, bobbles of technology, whether it be, you know, streaming or you know, Spotify, MP3s, at the end of the day, we're not that different from our ancestors who loved listening to someone bang on a log. <laughs> and kids, maybe they'll probably, you know, most trends swing, you know, you go all the way to like, okay, here's, here's your silent rave that you can only get in through an NFT. And this is so extreme and new. And then everyone's going to go like, eh, let's look over here for a minute and see what our grandfathers were doing. Why would I want to go into a basement of a house and listen to my friends play and then it'll come back. And I don't really think it's going anywhere because it satisfies a human desire. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, you hear every, every once in a while you'll hear, you know, people chirping about how rock is dead and it's going, you know, to the wayside. It's like, no, it's not, it's not fucking going anywhere. Rock's not dead. There are thousands of kids right now in garages banging away who many of them we will never hear about, but we'll hear about some of them. And you know, I hear about these bands from, you know, like the who, not the who for like from England, but the who, the, the metal band Yeah, from, uh, I believe they're from Mongolia. I, I could be wrong, but you know, a place you wouldn't expect. Right. So if it's that global and that, that, you know, has that much longevity, I don't really see any reason to panic. Usually press will say things like rock is dead. And then that's only a setup for them to promote a band and say so and so has saved rock and roll. Right, exactly. It never needed to be it, saved. Did you? What did you think of uh, Royal Blood when they first came out? Do you, you know that band? Because that was one of the ones where Jimmy Page had said, like, you know, this band is basically saving rock and roll. It was about ten years back when they came out. Um, <laughs> I only got introduced to them in the past few months. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I have my my head under the ground for various reasons. But right. Uh, so I can't really. I've only heard a handful of songs. That's not yep. to say that I'm disinterested. But interesting. My I guess my point was is like Jimmy Page said that. Like it's not just some random person saying like these guys are reviving rock. It's Jimmy Page man said that. You know, there's metal's always been around, or rock and roll's always been around. It's um. I don't know. Maybe it's the older you get, the harder it is to like, you know, go out every weekend. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Back to that pain of the, you know, man, the neck sore and all that shit. Like just gets worse and worse as you get older. 
Yeah. And it's also sometimes it's just the sad fact is it might be laziness, you know, speaking for myself, but yeah, it's, um, it, it's not dead. It's never, I'm sure there's no times where it might've been a little ill, but who among us haven't, hasn't been ill. Right. What are you watching? We're, you know, over the last year, we've had a lot of downtime. What are you binge watching lately? I, that's the thing. I haven't. Oh, really? Usually, you know, when the kid goes to sleep, yeah. I'm like, okay, I've got probably about another hour before I'm, you know, sawing logs. What am I going to do? And <laughs> I, um, I mean, I'm trying to think, what, what did we start watching? Um, well, the, uh, I started watching the Q documentary and I kind of felt like it was giving me a brain cramp. So I stopped watching that. The Q documentary? The, um, into the, it's the HBO thing, Into the Storm. Okay. It's not the kind of thing you want to watch when you're trying to relax. <laughs> yeah. It's a documentary. Uh, I like docs, so BBC stuff is amazing. Yeah, BBC is great, you know, and I it kind of feel like they're a neutral party and in, in maybe not completely, but more so than a lot of American media. Yeah, totally. feels that way, too. Yeah, I listen to that as a news source because it doesn't want me to, like, punch a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Relaxing about the BBC host, no matter yeah. who are, that is a bit calming. As were your little brother above, you know, we're watching the States going like... Oh my God, what is happening down there, man? We're, we're a young country. I hope this is maybe just like like puberty. It's like the, the terrible twos. <laughs> puberty, exactly. Twos. And it's not the terrible twos. Fuck that. Whoever said terrible twos has never had a kid. It's the terrible threes, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was also, as my wife used to say, now we're into the fuck you fours. <laughs> Musical guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Pineapple Sound, providing recording and mixing services for a wide range of artists and genres since 2013. Check them out at pineapplesound.com.
In May 2012, boxer Marlon Esparza qualified to compete at the 2012 Olympics in London. She became the first American woman to qualify for the Olympics in the first year that women's boxing was an Olympic event. She won bronze. You've seen her in a PETA ad. She was in a Spanish TV commercial for Coca-Cola. She has an endorsement deal with CoverGirl Cosmetics. Marlon's also the subject of the CNN documentary In Her Corner, Latino in America 2. In 2017, she signed a multi-year deal with Golden Boy. She lost a match for the WBA interim female flyweight title in November 2019. It was a technical decision after an accidental headbutt. She won her last match in October 2020. And when Marlon was a guest, we talked about binge-watching Game of Thrones, how boxing grabbed her at an early age, the age of 10. She talked about COVID affecting her career, how she's never been to a concert. We talked about the Fury Wilder 2 boxing match, the infamous Tyson Holyfield match, CBD's usage in high-impact sports. She shared a near-death experience story as well. And Marlon talked about the things that still stand out in her mind about her time at the Olympics. Listen to this. You know what I liked about the Olympics a lot that I missed, that I'm like, man, if I could go back and 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 kind of do that again, I would. It was just the atmosphere yeah, of the game. So like, Within the walls, it was like you walk through and, you know, like, basically everybody there is a badass. You don't know what they're badass for, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they are. And everybody's just kind of, like, looking at everybody. Everybody knows what they're there for. And it's just this whole feeling of just, like, competition and, I don't know. I just feel like it's like a a weird atmosphere, like a weird village of, like, everybody has their life together, you know? Yeah. When, I don't know if really (laughs) anybody does, but it just feels like, man, we all know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But it was a a really good energy that I felt like was, it was constant, you know? And it started to die out towards the end because people, you know, start to lose and you can feel the shift of the beginning of the game towards the end of the game. 
and people are like, oh, because people are starting to party. But I don't think it was that. I think it was more of just like at the beginning, everybody's, you know, dreams are endless. And then towards the end, everything starts to get shut down. Right. So I think that's 100% like what I wish I could go back to. Like if to feel that again would be crazy because yeah. I, you know, I've never felt anything like it. Listen to this on the Toddcast podcast is brought to you by Tedco RV Supplies in Langley, an ICBC-approved repair shop. Find them online at tedcorvsuppliesinc.com. I had a four-poster bed where I used to rest my head And now I have a different zip code every week Sold everything I couldn't take in my 98 gold protege And I swear I don't regret a single thing I had everything you work your whole life for You can't take it with you when you die Check on the other side There ain't no button back your time, you know You can't take it with you When you go, we're all the same Six feet below There ain't no diamonds in the sky Can't take it with you when you die When you die I don't really my whole life it's in one suitcase I'm as permanent as dollar store tattoos When people ask me if I miss The stuff I had, the way I lived I tell them none of that's worth holding on to No, you can't take it with you When you die, can't cash a check on the other side Six feet.
just a powerhouse of a vocalist, Sadie Campbell, and one of her latest songs is called You Can't Take It With You. You've heard her on the podcast here and there over the years, just a natural, super nice. Her writing is just getting better and better, stronger and stronger. Sadie's been down in Nashville. She's from Vancouver, but just blowing minds down there for years now. I believe it's three, four years now, a few years, something like that. She's crushing it. Big fan of what she's all about. Played you Johnny Rath to start things off musically this week. Thought you'd love their new song called In the Ducks. Love that band. Great players. All of the songs that they've released are solid. All of them, any of them would sound great played 30, 40 times a week. They're made for radio. Rock station listeners would eat these guys up. And they're deadly live. If I'm radio programming, these guys are a no-brainer ad. Okay, Todd's Trolls coming up. The stupid, the mean, the hurtful, the really, the funny things that people say to what you post, what you see online. This week, Dinosaur Jr., Vanquish, and UFC 261 share that spotlight. Powered by The Garage, Games and Geekery in Maple Ridge. Your place to play. Warhammer, D&D, slay a bunch of trolls, and lots more. Find them online through garagegames.ca. First, the second of three Toddcast guests this week is our sporting guest. He's a commentator for the Vancouver Warriors in the NLL, Brad Shaliner. Brought to you by Joyce Heating Services, family-owned and operated, heating the lower mainland since 1960. You do the math. So yeah, Brad's with the Warriors on the side, firmly tongue planted in cheek. He's the music director and assistant program director for Virgin Radio Vancouver, a radio brother. I love that Brad is involved in the NLL, National Lacrosse League. The press release came out September 2018, talking about how Brad, quote, brings a decade of experience calling lacrosse, including the past seven seasons, describing Vancouver's game in the NLL as a color analyst. No doubt. Does a great job. He kills at the job. The Warriors put out a press release, a draining press release in February of this year, saying that the season was canceled, of course, due to COVID, uh, but they will be back at her in the fall. The full conversation is definitely worth hearing. Search that out through Toddcast Podcast on iTunes and Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We got it all. Till you hear that. Here's 10 minutes with Vancouver Warriors commentator and radio badass, Brad Schaliner. The Toddcast Podcast. And why radio for you? Like, where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in Delta. I'm in the flatlands of, of Ladner. That's where I grew up. So okay. obviously growing up listening to guys like you, man, like this is a real treat to, to get to talk to you. Everybody my age, I think, grew up listening to, to C-Fox and Todd Hancock. Um, right. For me, it was... That's nice of you for, to say, man. Thank you. Nice. No problem, buddy. No. Um, it was music for me. Like I always wanted to get into the music side of things. I always thought even as a kid, I was like, I want to be that guy that breaks songs on the radio and introduces them, introduces people to their next favorite song or their next favorite band. Yeah. Um, learned pretty quickly in broadcasting school that that doesn't really exist as much as it, as it used to. I'm like, Oh, there's music directors and there's programmers and there's people that, that do that. It's not just jocks grabbing their favorite record off of a shelf. Um, but I always kind of wanted to be a behind the scenes guy anyways. I didn't really have the the voice to be the big, the big rock, the big rock jock. So it was always like, I always wanted to be a music director, program director. And that's sort of the path that I, that I ended up following. So music's always been in your life. Like, is that you credit your parents? Like what, what are you being exposed to as a little kid? Like what are your parents playing? 
my my dad never listened to music at all. He was just not not a music guy. Like to this day, he can't. I think he might have had like Back in Black CD somewhere, and like that was all yeah. he he ever had. But um, my mom was big into it. It was a lot of um, a lot of like eighties Heartland rock. So like your Springsteens and your Mellencamps and your um, uh, uh, Bob Seger and those guys who kind of opened up the door for me to go back a little further than that and get into your, your Neil Young's and your Tom Petty's and then, you know, further back your CCR's and, and fall in love with sort of the old stuff to start. And then growing up as a, as an MTV fan, like there was no genres on, on much music when I was growing up. Right. So, you know, you could have Nirvana on and then, you know, five minutes later, you've got well, a couple of years later, then you've got like Britney Spears and it all sort of was always, together for me in the same playlist you know like they were always side by side and no genre ever felt out of place so then just sort of falling in love with with all kinds of music and that permeates through to, to this day mm-hmm. what's the first concert for you first concert too short e40 and be legit <laughs> the bay area bosses tour um awesome yeah, 16 years old at the Vogue, general admission. I don't know why they made that show general admission and why they made it for, for all ages. But yeah, youngest person there, whitest person there, most out of place person there. And that was like, you know, full into the the concert scene. Like I remember, uh, you know, being a, being a shifty little 16-year-old kid and elbowing my way the front of the stage and like Liam, like this is what concerts are like. You can just get front row every single time. And it doesn't always work out that way. But yeah, when you're, when you're 16 and, and slippery, you can, you can make that happen. Pokey little elbows too. That helps. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, I know this is slippery waters to go in with a music director, but for you, most overrated band. Most overrated band from a radio standpoint, from a radio, like from a pop radio standpoint, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Demi Lovato is overrated. Okay. In the fact that she's never actually, if you look at her playlist history, she's never really had a hit record before. A, a hit record. Yeah, yeah. like everybody she's knows who she is. She's hosting reality shows, and like the labels make a big deal of it every time a Demi Lovato single comes out. And, you know, we might add a song and it might get a couple hundred spins here and there, but like, she's never had like a bona fide a hit at, at pop radio yet. She's a name that everybody, everybody knows about exactly. Right. But yeah, she's never had a, a a major radio hit, at least here in Canada. Hmm. And have you always uh, been into sports? Uh, yeah, I grew up as a sports kid. Like I grew up playing in the lower mainland here, like playing hockey and playing lacrosse and being a rink rat growing up. Like that was sort of part and parcel with, with, with growing up for sure. And and so what's your, I mean, you would think that it would be obvious that it would be lacrosse because that's what you do for a job, but like, is that the favorite for you to watch or is it hockey or where, where does that lie? It's uh, it's totally lacrosse. It's it, it's always been lacrosse, man. And if you've like you've been a big supporter, you've had guys from from the yeah. team um, on this podcast over the years. Have you been? Have you been to a Warriors game? You've been to a Stealth yes. game in the past? Yeah, yes. yeah, fantastic. And it's, yeah, is it not the most one of the most entertaining sporting things you've seen before? Well, it's just so fast, right? Like you don't realize it until you get there, and you're like, holy crap! Everything is going like motoring a hundred miles an hour. It's incredibly fast. 
Uh, it's just, it's just so much different than hockey. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I know, and, and people have a tough time explaining lacrosse. Like you, you see marketing books and stuff that always say, you know, it's, it's hockey without skates or it's, it's basketball with hockey gear on, but like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's any of those things. Like it's, it's like, its own, its own unique thing. And people want to try to always put it in a box and describe it. But I think if, if people come out and, and watch it and, and see the creativity and, and how unique the sport actually is, um, I think it can, it could turn a lot of heads, but yeah, for me, like there was a senior B team in town called the Ladner pioneers. And they, that was what we went up. That's what we grew up going to see every, every Thursday night they played here. And you know, that was, that was like the best bang for your buck and one of the best sporting events, best sporting atmospheres. And to have that on a professional level is, is awesome. Yeah, dude. I think that it's just a matter of like getting people in the lower mainland to go and check out a game. And it would literally change the way that they look at the, not only the team, but the sport and the culture of, of that, you know, that here's a sport that's our national, one of our national sports. And you know, how many people here in Vancouver have gone to a game? Exactly. Right. And when they yeah. do come to a game, they do. They'll be they come back and they come back and they come right. back. So, yeah. 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 All right, dude, let's get outside of, uh, of radio and uh, lacrosse and of course, everything you're known for. Uh, what are you binging? Do you find time? Is there time? In yeah, your world there's, actually... there, yeah, there's, there's time after the kids go to bed and, you know, you spend some time with the wife. There's, there's time. Yellowstone. I'm really into right now. Yeah, I'm getting that <laughs> so often right now, man. And I have not seen a second of it. Oh, that really? You got to jump in. I, I was a bit late. I actually just finished season one, but just crushed that in the last like week or so. But, um, like Kevin Costner is just such a, such an OG, such a, such an OG gangster. Like he just, he owns every scene he's in. Um, the visuals in that show, like the scenery, like the montage makes you want to, makes you want to go to Montana and like, you know, jump in a truck and go cruising and, and the music like Ryan Bingham is a, another alt country singer. He's okay. got a big part in that show and he busts out the guitar and sings. And like, I've never Shazam more songs in a show. than I do <laughs> when I'm watching Yellowstone. I'm holding up the phone, like at the end of every episode, they just, their music supervisor crushes it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I heard it's something like a cross between like the country olden, olden days, the, you know, the Western style meets a breaking bad. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great description. It's like, I love Western. So it really, it is, yeah, it's a, it's a modern Western, I guess is the way that I would, I would describe it with a lot of, right. with a lot of drama. Interesting. What did you collect as a kid? Collect as a kid, hats, still collect hats. I like phew, dozens and dozens of baseball hats of, you know, from, from lots of different sports, you know, trucker hats, ball caps, um, hockey cards were always a big thing. I got, I'm sitting in my garage right now. One of these totes is filled with hockey cards that I don't know if my kids will have anything to do with one day, but for some reason I can't, uh, yeah, I can't get rid of them. And then yeah, yeah then C- CDs and records, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Did you put those uh, the the cards in the spokes? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> Gretzky rookie, rack, rack, rack. Yeah, um, trade trading with kids, and I remember um, I trading all my Gretzkys. I was I was a Gretzky hater for some reason, oh, really? and yeah, and I went to my I traded all my Gretzkys for all Eric Lindros cards from a neighbor of mine who f- absolutely fleeced me back in the day. But I don't know, wow. Gretzky just wasn't into Gretzky. And like, you know, I think. Was it, was it just that he was just too good? 
He well, he was like I think by the time I got into Gretzky, he was I didn't realize he was so good. You know, it was like tapering down Gretzky, and I knew of the legends, but I'm like, okay, what do I need this New York Rangers Gretzky card for when I could flip it for a Eric Lindros card? It was like the biggest deal at the time. Right. But uh, yeah, not not a great idea looking back. And then cue the six concussions and. Uh... Exactly. Uh, yeah, into, that was short-lived. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Uh, did you get into comic books as a kid? Like, are you a fan of all the, you know, X Men and Batman and Deadpool and all that? Uh, only, only recently. So, like, as a kid, not at all. But mm-hmm. my my three year old son, for some reason, gravitated towards Spider Man and Marvel, and you know, would would run into the room and like asking me asking me asking me questions right like dad who's who's doc Ock and what is what does green lantern do i'm like i don't know so i started watching i started the universe in in quarantine here um during the pandemic i started the universe in timeline order oh wow yeah trying trying to catch up and and answer some questions Sporting guest visits of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Joyce Heating Services, a family-owned and operated heating business serving the Lower Mainland since 1960. Online at JoyceHeating.com. Getting out my mind, all these wanted sounds, no Apologies, whiskey, therapy, we're just killing time, live water. I've been running free, he's my sanity, drinking ain't no crime, it's my alibi, we're just
Powered by Milano Coffee, bringing you the finest espresso and coffee concepts in the world. Online at MilanoCoffee.ca. A look at this week's keyboard warriors, Todd's Trolls, on the Toddcast Podcast. Dinosaur Jr. takes a hit this week. They have a new album coming out. You kind of clump them in with Nirvana, Sonic Youth, which, right? They're 12 albums in now, as of this Friday, April 23rd, with the release of Sweep It Into Space. Guys, no offense, but if we didn't care in the 90s, what makes you think we'd care now? I'll give you 50 bucks if you can name one of their songs. Just one. Whoa, Dinosaur Jr.? Uh, slow new release week much? In theaters, as of this weekend, April 20th, Vanquish, starring Morgan Freeman. This time, Freeman is a bad guy. A Russian drug courier is trying to put her shady past behind her, but retired cop Morgan Freeman forces the courier to do his bidding after he kidnaps the woman's daughter. The trailer looked pretty good to me. Morgan Freeman is about the only good thing about this movie. Wait, isn't Liam Neeson supposed to be in all movies like this? This movie is more predictable than that anti-masker at your local grocery store saying she's medically exempt from wearing one. And UFC 261 is this Saturday, April 24th in Jacksonville, Florida. I cannot wait for Usman Masvidal 2. Personally, that's Usman steamrolling Masvidal. He's going to ragdoll him. If you haven't heard already, this show is regular capacity. Full stadium capacity. They're doing full capacity? Florida idiots. It's official. I've lost all respect for the UFC. Greedy pigs. Masvidal got lucky knocking Askren out like he did, and now he's just too much. I cannot deal. Todd's Trolls on the Toddcast podcast is powered by The Garage, Games and Geekery. Your place to play RPGs, board games, and Warhammer in Maple Ridge. Online at garagegames.ca. Yeah!
mean, honestly, I would expect nothing less of the band Arlo Wells, based on the first single that they sent us called Ghost. A new song for the podcast, a new song for those guys called Siren. Just an absolute beast of a band. We've been back and forth with them about playing a podcast show when shit gets back to normal. Thumbs up all around. So now I guess we just wait. And you got to think that they are going to be an absolute powerhouse live. You heard Kyle McCurney and his song is Devil Water. Big fan of what Kyle's been doing over the years. I mean, this kid is a straight up chameleon of music doing everything from like hard rock to pop. And now we're getting more into his wheelhouse, Americana. Check out our YouTube page. Maybe go back about, I don't know, month, month and a half, maybe two months back and look for a live stream that he did with us. A, a few acoustic songs, one of which was Devil Devil Water. I played uh, Annie as well. Uh, there was a chit-chat, a really just a great performance all around. Speaking of live music, find Pandemic Distanced and live stream shows at the indie scene through toddhancock.ca. Slowly, surely, the scene is going to come alive. It'll get better and better as the months progress here. If you're playing a show or you're seeing one, let us know about it. If it's indie, we'll post it at the website. Brought to you by Mystic Rhythms Rehearsal Studios. 40 plus years experience in the music industry. Find out more about them through mysticrhythms.ca. Okay, our final guest of episode 245 is actor Chris Calhoun, this week's entertainment guest. Brought to you by Tomes. Let them help relieve stress and anxiety and ensure a good night's sleep. That sounds pretty good. The first seven nights are 100% free at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com. Chris has been in the entertainment industry since he was 15. 15. Back then, it was a radio announcing, just a local DJ, all of his high school buddies, of course, jealous of the sweet gig. He's worked across Canada in various markets for radio, even had a stint over in the Cayman Islands, which probably didn't suck. Eventually, the acting bug got a hold of Chris, and he did what a lot of people do. He packed up things and moved to LA to pursue the dream, acting, voiceover acting, trading in a microphone for a camera, and so far, so good. You've seen him and heard him in video games, TV movies, TV series like Smallville, Dead Zone, Masters of Horror, Stargate Atlantis, The Client List, Batman Beyond. Currently, he's working on a movie called Obscura, where he plays the role of Phoenix. The full talk is posted right now at our iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube accounts. Again, a simple search, Toddcast Podcast. Till you hear that, here's 10 minutes with longtime radio personality turned actor and voice actor, Chris Calhoun. The Toddcast Podcast. I, I guess that's kind of the majority of the people that would be, you know, following me and kind of watching my podcast and stuff. That's where they would know you from is, you know, being a, a DJ in, in Vancouver, uh, but of course, right now you're banging away. You're in the States, you're doing film, you're doing TV, you're doing voice acting, which is pretty rad, dude. And, and, and I want to get into all that, but uh, let's get into to radio first, just to kind of, you know, for the people that would know who you are and, you know, get off on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, where, like, where did you start? Give us your, the, the Coles notes of the Chris Calhoun radio guy. 
I uh, started when I was 15 years old. What? Uh, back in 83, 84, in a place called Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, which is the dairy capital of Canada. And I basically, I walked into the radio station one day because I, I wanted to be in a band. I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, I play guitar, you know, garage bands and stuff and walked in. Is, is there any kind of music school in the area I could go to? Because I just didn't get high school, like school, like the whole, the in a box concept. Uh, and they go, no, but we could put you on overnight spinning records. That was my start in radio. And basically, wow. I just started spinning records, you know, needle on the vinyl, uh, the old cart machines, if people do the research and they figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just spun records for like uh, three, four shifts. And then I came in and the, the program director gave me a clock and he goes, talk here, talk here, talk here, talk here. I go, what do I say? Intro the record. Just don't talk over the, like, and he showed me. And that was my start in radio. That is insane, dude. That would never happen today. Like imagine no, a 15 year old kid. For a 15 year old kid. Like not happening. Yeah, no. And yeah, because you got to have a degree and everything. And yep. I'm, I'm a really hands-on guy. Like I learn hands-on, show me something. Okay. Show me again. Bang. And yeah, I just I progressed. And, and dude, that's amazing. I think with anything, there has to be talent. You know, if, if there's a talent there, then it can blossom and the and passion. It, and so, so from there, you kind of just stayed in radio, got the full-time gig out of high school. Like what was that? How did that shake down? I dropped out of high school. No kidding. Yeah. I dropped out of high school. Um, all my friends were envious of me because, you know, I had this cool little radio show. Uh, I did overnights, but then eventually I did uh, weekends, uh, evenings, and then through the week. And uh, first gig, uh, hometown radio station, I got fired. Uh, <laughs> <which was just laughs> There's a story in- there. <laughs> yeah. Um, they owed me money and then it's a big, but anyway, it's, yeah. it's part of radio. It's like, you have to, you when you start, you expect to be fired. If you don't, then right. it, you're kind of in the wrong profession. But, you know, it, you shouldn't. But unfortunately, it happens. Yeah. Um, and then I went to uh, Leamington, Ontario. Um, I went to Kirkland Lake, Ontario, where I woke up one morning. It was minus 52. I said, I'm the fuck out of here. Uh, and, you know, you, what do, am you I travel. Doing? Yeah. Like anybody who's who's done radio, it's you know it's like doing dinner theater and eventually you 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 gain your way you you go up the ladder yeah. and then went to uh barry went to kingston went to ottawa wow dude, uh, montreal all over. that's crazy uh, a bit in toronto uh and then vancouver was uh great for me it was beautiful and then vancouver, how long were you in vancouver for um 97 i'm gonna say 12 years yeah. 11 years on air. Yeah. Um, and then they clean house at Z95 and it's, it's business. I guess it's just the way it is. That's just, and we, for, we, we forget that in radio sometimes it's not cause you suck. It's just, it's a business and they right. got rid of all the high paychecks one day. They got rid of five of us. Uh, right. Darren, who's uh, Darren, um, lamb who's in Toronto and doing really well. He's still in radio. Um, then I went to Victoria and I lasted about nine months. And I said, you know, my heart's just not in it anymore. I just, right. This is bullshit. And after that, I looked back and said, oh, fuck. I worked like 26 years in radio. 27 right. years wow. in radio. Wow. 
So the, the transition then to get to where you are today, man, is fucking awesome, dude. Um, when I got to Van, like, I always want to be in, in film, like entertainment and yeah. like, hello, um, I yeah. want to be a rock star, uh, but it just didn't pan out. That didn't go that course. So, so pause. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get on that. What's the what's the instrument? What are you playing? What do you want to be a you A drummer? Are you what are you doing? Singing Guitar. guitarist? I don't know. I mean, guitars. Oh, there, 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 in the back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little studio going on. Yeah. Like I've got it tripped out. And do you and still play? Right. And it's since I've been down here, I've been in in uh, th- about three bands. Oh, nice. Um, so you're playing. And we had, you know, we had a CD ready to go, and then the band imploded. Um, one of the guys, the lead singer. Um, he, he was actually signed back in the nineties. He, he hung out in the CA. He's from Seattle. Uh, Willie, great writer, uh, unique singer. Uh, he, uh, you know, knew the guys in Allison chains and th- that whole, yeah, uh, that scene, you know, burgeoning scene. And yeah. his band got signed, got sent down to LA. They were in the studio and then the record company screwed stuff up and he, now he, he's just down here, but wow. I hear a lot of those stories. Yeah. Okay, like so unpause, in- uh, unpause the other story. So now you're, you're, you're the trajectory to get to, to where you are. Um, I digress. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, when I was in Vancouver, uh, I gravitated towards film, TV, and started doing background work. Again, just learning from the grassroots and watching, like I'd say, to the the production assistant hey can i watch how they're setting this up just you know shut up don't say anything you know and i watched stuff and it was like i was on set learning for free yeah. not having to go to theater school or stuff but eventually i went to a uh, a school and took acting lessons in vancouver okay. with different teachers various teachers wanted to do it right and learn i just didn't want to be i'm an actor now yeah i did radio yeah exactly but that was also a dilemma because when I started going out for auditions, it, oh, it's that radio guy who wants to right. be an actor. Uh, you know. yeah. And I got a couple things here and there. And uh, the voice thing took off with some of the animation that I was doing. Um, cool. But I just couldn't get to the next level in Vancouver. I wasn't being, I felt I wasn't being taken seriously. Mm. And it, it wasn't like I just showed up, radio guy wants to be an actor. I did go and study. I studied in Vancouver hard for about eight years. And then, you know, studied down here with various teachers as well. Um, and, uh, eventually, um, you know, met up with a a lovely woman, Isa, who's originally from Mexico. And we had this crazy relationship back and forth here in Mexico, me here. And then she moved up to Vancouver and I, and I said to her, said, why don't we move to Los Angeles? Said, I'm just getting nowhere here. And this is, you know, post radio. You, do you and think then, that the, a, a little bit of that played into the, the the fact that you were Chris Calhoun, radio guy? Like, was that one of the key factors in not getting, you know, further than what you'd kind of hoped? I think so. Um, I think so too. I, I think so. It was it was a detriment. Um, yeah, dude. Like, I tried personally the same thing. Like, I've tried to get into voice acting and and just character stuff, and I've got some. You know, I've got a pretty good tape. Uh, but it's really tricky to get in. They always, they always label you that oh, you're that radio guy. You're going to, you're going to give a radio read. It's like, exactly. Mm, but, but, but why don't you, you know, give me a chance, give me a try, like bring me to some auditions and like, you know, let me try and fly. 
So well, again, there's a guy who who broke out of that box, David K. David K. Well, David K. is the voice of my podcast. So it's like Toddcast okay. podcast. Here's Todd Hancock. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, I wasn't available that day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you you weren't returning my texts. Yeah, but I I know uh, I like I know David. You know, I've been over to his place for Thanksgiving, and he's right. done extremely well. And he super nice guy got out of that box. He, like he wasn't just this old radio guy. He, you know. He developed and he, he's done very well for himself. Yeah. He's over the years kind of given me advice on the same thing. Like you need to take those voice acting classes for people to kind of take you seriously. And, you know, at the time, of course I'm at Fox. I'm going to fucking take a voice. I'm, I'm just not going to take an acting class. You know, he's like, we're probably not going to get anywhere then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's like, you know, Kobe just didn't show up draining threes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the court, you know, Steve Curry, they're there practicing. practicing day and day out. So you get to LA and then do you notice a change right away? Um, yeah, I'm uh, a little fish in a big pond. Um, and they, you know, they use five or six guys for all the voice stuff. Uh, when it comes to film and TV, it's tough. It's very competitive. Um, and you're, you're just, you're looking for work. You're basically, you're unemployed. You're an actor, but you're always unemployed. You know, and you take side gigs, but I think I've had more doors open here. And I did with a person I was studying with who's originally from Vancouver. I didn't know until I moved down here and met him, uh, a director by the name of Dan Ireland, who gave uh, Jessica Chastain her start, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Renee Zellweger. Like there's a whole list very humble guy, great guy, um, likes to develop talent. So I was studying with him and he started, he started putting, uh, his students in films and we, I did a short with him, and then he was supposed to do a film. I was supposed to be with, um, Ashley Judd and Bill Paxton in a movie and all my scenes were going to be with, with them. So, and he was the director and co-writer. And we were going to film it in Mississippi. But unfortunately, about a month before we we're going to start shooting, he passed away. Entertainment guests of the Toddcast podcast are powered by Tomes, where quality sleep matters. Find out more at Tomes.com. That's T-A-U-M-M-H-O-M-S.com.
unmistakable voice of one Mr. Matt Wood, and they are called Good Is Gone. They've had a couple songs in the last few podcasts, got a few DMs uh, when we played them a couple of weeks back. Dude, got to hear more of the band that has Pride Tiger's drummer singer. The last time we played Tall in the Saddle, the song you just heard is called Coming Down Blues, and hopefully we'll be able to wrangle a live show out of those guys once we get the green light to start putting on some podcast shows again, I'm optimistic, but you know, realistic as well. I'm, I'll, I'd be blown away if we're doing anything before the new year. I'd be super surprised. Of course, I'd be happy as well. Looking forward to next week. It's all about career highlights and to give you a taste, the expectation, if you will, uh, since he's not a guest of next week's podcast, but he is an absolute beast. Check out what former Slayer drummer Dave Lombardo had to say. It's it's impossible. I've played so many shows, fantastic shows. We just sold out Madison Misfits, just sold out Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, wow. it's my fourth time playing the Garden. Once with Slayer, twice with uh, Phantomus. We opened up for the Misfits. I mean, uh, we opened up for a tool, I'm sorry. And then uh, the Misfits. And uh, the, the festivals that I've played with Slayer, you know, the right. uh, this documentary is is a highlight. Um, there's there's just so much that I feel that my entire life is a highlight. It feels great, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. There, there's low points and high points. Yeah, but it's all good. What a cool guy. Career highlights next week. You will hear from 12 guests in total. We all have stories and that's the focus for next week. I wanted to give big thanks to this week's guests as well. Clutch singer, Neil Fallon, dude, big fan of your band. Loved you for years. Thank you so much for you know taking the time and for being so cool. Can't wait to hear what you and the boys come up with for the next album. NLL Vancouver Warriors commentator Brad Schalliner, the MD, the APD of Virgin Radio Vancouver. It's a real pleasure to finally sit down and shoot the shit with you. And of course, appreciate you taking the time and you're good shit, man. Love to do some beers in, in the real one of these days. And uh, same thing for actor Chris Calhoun. Dude, I will take you up on those beer offer. And, you know, next time you're in Vancouver, simply put, man, you're an inspiration. Keep kicking ass in LA and know that you're making all of us up here in Vancouver super proud. And that's going to do it for this episode 245. We're creeping up to 250. My name is Todd Hancock. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends. Word of mouth is huge. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We're starting to get some decent plays on YouTube now. We're also part of the Dean Blundell Network. Good buddy, good radio buddy out of Toronto at deanblundell.com. Comment and rate the podcast. Search it out through, again, Toddcast Podcast. Huge thanks to all of our wonderful sponsors. You can find links to all sponsor websites at toddhancock.ca. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, you can for as little as 10 bucks a day. There is contact info at the homepage. Maybe we'll hang out, have a beer, have a, you know, distance coffee or what is it? Maybe a Zoom or whatever it is. If you help us find a sponsor, we will give you a commission based on the ad buy. Keep that in mind. If you know about a business that gets outside of the box advertising, some social media love, let them know about us. Till next week, don't be an asshole because nobody wants to be around that. Have fun, play hard, and most of all, 
Believe in yourself. The Toddcast Podcast. Keep in touch with Todd through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and bookmark ToddHancock.ca.